0: in the book of Revelation and the last time we were here we were dealing with the opening of the seals and if you recall we are dealing with a series of chronological events that are being revealed by Jesus he is pictured as that lamb who takes that scroll out of the hand of God and as he opens each seal it reveals a prophetic timeline of event now For the most part, these events are chronological in nature. However, there are times when the scriptures back up a little bit in time and give us a review of an imagery of um, something that God is showing you earlier. Okay, I tell you what, as a matter of fact, when we move into the next chapter, we are going to see such an idea and this is what we refer to as an interlude, but this interlude that we're speaking of, it's not, it's, it's not so much chronological. Yes, there is a chronological nature to these openings of the seal, but nevertheless, sometimes what the scripture does is, it takes a moment and kind of takes an overall look at what is going on in all of these particular events. Now, the reason why I bring that particular part up is because as we know, we've been working through the scrolls, what we have in the beginning with the first seal, the introduction of the Antichrist, who is the primary participant uh, uh, in that we see in all of the events of the seven year tribulation period, because we do know that The opening of all of the seals of the scrolls covers a period of seven years, okay? And it is the Antichrist who will be revealed during this particular time. As a matter of fact, uh, Paul teaches that in the book of Thessalonians, the Antichrist will be partly revealed before the end of the church age, but we don't have time to go with all of that. But nevertheless, we start with the introduction Of the Antichrist and as we move he comes as one of peace it is a false peace but clearly he brings war and this is what the second seal is about and then after war we have natural disasters as well as the results of all of these world wars famine and quite naturally as a result of all of these things massive death even death that we see 25 percent the earth's population has now been destroyed and then we see the cataclysms of nature in the next seal but in all of those things in all of those things we then begin to see what what is called the martyrs and this is in i believe it's the fifth seal these are those who died during the great tribulation during the great tribulation and so As we look at those under the great tribulation and the idea is that they paid for their faith uh, with their lives. They were killed because they believed in Jesus. And during this period of time, they were killed because of that. Okay, go back and look at the previous video that I made concerning that particular issue at the end of that. Now, now let me get into that cataclysms that we see with all of the earthquakes. And things of that nature. But the point is, God is shaking the world apart. And that's what we see at that sixth seal. And we see people beginning to run for their lives in hiding. And it leaves us with that question, that saying, the statement that the great day of God's wrath has come. That is the idea of the great tribulation. And the question that it leaves us is, who is able to stand? Now, to understand that question, it simply means, as we con- as we consider, as we look at all of the things that are taking place in the tribulation, that's why they call it again, what? Tribulation. The world is tearing itself, I'm sorry, <laughs> as if it's doing it on its own. God is ripping this world apart through a series of Increasing judgments. That's what's going on. And it's happening over a very short period of time, seven years, progressively getting worse and worse. So the thing about it is, as people are dying in massive numbers, the world, God is tearing the world apart. Who can survive all of these things? And we do remember, remember what Jesus said, if those days had not been cut short, that means the time period had been shortened. No human being could survive it. Talking about the severity of difficulties during those days. But the point that I'm stressing as we get into chapter seven, the question that we were left with, who can survive the tribulation? And so chapter seven is an interlude. Now, do you remember when I was just saying to you earlier that revelation for the most part is chronological. Okay. As a matter of fact, let me tell you something else about Revelation, guys. Revelation also puts in a chronological order some of the events that are taking place in the last days that the prophets talked about. What I mean is this when you look at the Old Testament scattered about through many different prophets, they would oftentimes, God would give them a peek. Into the last days that is the time of tribulation this seven-year period that we're talking about God would sometimes let them get a peek into that day and that's why I told you in previous videos like the day of God the day of the Lord and you'll see that particular name being used but what the prophets never did what was able they were able to see or should I say God permitted them to see was the order of events to how these things would be taking place. What God did for us in the book of Revelation is he gave us a sense of chronological order to these events. So he took a lot of these things spoken of by the prophets in the last. So the prophet would just speak of in the day of the Lord. Don't know when, don't know how, don't know when these things will be taking place. They didn't get into all of that. They would just simply say, and this would be going on. What God did for us through John, the apostle in the writing of Revelation was he allowed a sense of chronology to be given to these prophecies. Okay, so that's one thing. I don't know if I've ever discussed that particular point or another. But now let's go on back to chapter seven. So let's open it up and get ready to talk about it. Answering the question, who can survive, who can survive uh, the time of the tribulation? Who is able to stand? Okay, so chapter seven, verse number one. After this I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding back the four winds of the earth, so that no wind would blow on the earth or on the sea or any tree. I saw another angel ascending from the rising of the sun, having the seal of the living God, and he cried out with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was granted to harm the earth and the sea, saying do not harm the earth or the sea or the trees until we have sealed the bond servants of our God on their foreheads. OK, so now let's talk about it. Now we are answering the question, who is able to survive the great tribulation? Now, let, let me help you out. So let me give you a little uh, just answer a couple of things at the end. At the end, let, let's give a little forethought. These are people who have been chosen by God to survive the great tribulation, the whole period of the tribulation, but not only to simply survive the period of the tribulation, as we will see. And I'll talk about that as we move into it. These are people who are chosen for a specific purpose in the tribulation. OK, so they are chosen to survive and they are chosen To accomplish a particular task that God has for them to accomplish now these are not the only people who will survive the Great Tribulation we'll see that in Matthew chapter 25 when Jesus returns there will be Jews and Gentiles that Jesus will judge when he returns so these are not the only peoples who will survive but the point point that God is making is these are the people who are guaranteed to survive. So here's the thing of the I tell you what, let me get even more particular. Let me, I, I might as well bring it all out as we will see in verses four through eight. These are Jews that we're talking about. These are Jews. These are not Gentiles. These are not any Christians. This is not the church. These are not some elect of Jehovah's Witness. These are not the elects of Mormons. These are not the hundred and four. No, these are Jews, genetic Jews from the 12 tribes of Jews. Okay, so that's the idea. All right. And God is going to use these Jews for a particular purpose. I'll talk about that in just a moment. But the idea is they are guaranteed to survive the period of tribulation so that at the return of Jesus, these one hundred and forty four thousand Jews will still be alive. That is the key. And God is going to use them for a particular purpose. Do you recall what I said to you on the last video, how God chose in Abraham, as well as in the nation of Abraham, that's Genesis chapter 12 and the Jewish people that's in Exodus chapter 19, he wanted the Jewish people to be and the people of Abraham a priestly nation unto him. And that is the idea of a priest is to serve God for the benefit of another. And that's the idea the Jewish people were to be God's vehicle of outreach to the Gentile world, or in other words, to the rest of the world. Again, we know they failed this. They failed this because of their disobedience. But here, now we're going to see during the tribulation, God will seal 144,000 Jews, and they will carry out God's original intent For the Jewish people to witness to the Gentile nations, or in other words, to the rest of the world, that will be their function. So that's the idea. And so God is sealing them. And that is by the idea of sealing. It means ownership. It means ownership and protection. So God is claiming them for himself and he is protecting them as we can see in the nature of the text itself. Okay, so with all of that, I hope you guys got that. That's why we see in verse number one, notice as we are, uh, and so we see kind of like a little reverse, a a reversing of chronology as we're taking a snapshot back to look at the times of the tribulation because we're getting ready for what? The great tribulation. Remember, the great tribulation is the second half of the period of tribulation, okay? And so what we see is the sealing of a particular people. But let's go back to verse number one. So we see the picture of four angels standing with the idea of four corners of the world, holding the four winds so that no wind can blow on the earth, the tree. So that's the idea. Once again, judgment is about to come on the world. Remember what we were saying about that sixth seal, that cataclysmic judgment that's coming on the whole world, and everybody is afraid. People are running, hiding in the caves, saying that the great day of the Lord has come, the wrath of the Lamb and the wrath of God has come. And so now, notice we see a pause, and that's the idea pause before the judgment, uh, the wrath of God is escalated and judgment is ever the more increased upon the world. It's like a pause, God hits the brakes and he stops all of the judgments momentary in time through these angels and says simply stop everything and seal the, the servants, the literally the slaves, the servants of God, okay? And so that's what we see taking place. So no judgments can take place until these certain ones are sealed. And remember, the idea of sealing simply is protection and ownership. All right. So with that, now let's move on to verse number four through eight. And we'll talk about the identity. I've already told you who they were, but let's just look at it and read the passages. And I heard the number of those who were sealed, 144,000. Seer from every tribe of the sons of Israel, from the tribe of Judah, 12,000 were sealed, from the tribe of Reuben, 12,000, from the tribe of Gad, 12,000, from the tribe of Asher, 12,000, from the tribe of Naphtali, 12,000, from the tribe of Manasseh, 12,000, from the tribe of Simon, 12,000, from the tribe of Levi, 12,000, from the tribe of Issachar, 12,000, from the tribe of Zebulun, 12,000, from the tribe of Joseph, 12,000, from the tribe of Benjamin, 12,000 were all sealed. All right, so all we have is this, from amongst the Jewish people, here we have God has chosen 12,000 Jewish men and we'll see that later on in the book of Revelation that these are all men, 12,000 men, from each of the 12 tribes of Judah. So the idea clearly is these are all Jews. Then again, remember what I just told you, they are now fulfilling the purpose that God had intended for the Jews, literal genetic Jews. And we'll see that later on as we continue in verses number nine and continuing. But the purpose of the Jews is to minister to the remainder of the world, to the Gentile world. So God has chosen 144,000 Jews and that's all that they are. Now, another thing that I probably bring up on this is, we'll see that the tribe of Dan is not selected because Dan was among the tribe of the Jews. A lot of people were trying to speculate as to why Dan was not chosen. Number one, God didn't choose to include Dan. That's number one. And some people want to say that maybe that Dan is because the Antichrist comes from the tribe of Dan. This is incorrect. Daniel 9 teaches us the Antichrist is of Roman descent. The Antichrist is not a Jew. Some want to speculate that maybe the false prophet is from the tribe of Dan. Again, there is no biblical evidence of this either. But the primary reason where it, where it seems obvious that God did not specify Dan is that he was simply trying to keep symmetry, symmetry. God always liked to deal with the tribes, the Jewish tribes, in order of 12. He always does. And we can see that same tr- symmetry being used with the selection of 12 tribes and 12,000 from each Tribe. So therefore, it's basically the idea that God is maintaining his own symmetry by using these 12 tribes. And for whatever reason or another, he has chosen to exclude the tribe of Dan. OK, so the point God is using these one hundred and forty four thousand Jewish men as missionaries during the tribulation period to minister to the Gentiles. All right. Verse nine. After these things, I looked and behold a great multitude, which no one could count from every nation, all tribes and peoples and tongues standing before the throne and before the lamb clothed in white robes and palm branches were in their hands and they were And they cry out with a loud voice saying salvation to our God who sits on the throne and to the lamb and all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. And they fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God saying, amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Okay, so now we are taken once again to the throne of God. We are now revisited to the throne of God. Okay, and remember, we are in time period of the tribulation period. So here we are in the tribulation period. Remember the whole idea of Revelation 4 and 1, the things that will happen after the church is gone all right and so notice there is a direct connection between between the 144,000 Jews again this establishes their evangelistic efforts with the Gentiles these are the remainders of the peoples in the world during the time of the tribulation so there's a connection being drawn with the Jews and the rest of the world. And so here is the evidence of their missionary activities. So the 144,000 Jews have gotten saved. And just in case, guys, these are Jews. These 144,000, there is no salvation apart from believing in Jesus as the Messiah. So where the Jews once did not believe in Jesus, we see that these 144,000 are the elect of God who believe in Jesus. As a matter of fact, the book of Zephaniah teaches us that it it will be during the time of the tribulation that two thirds of the Jewish people will die. Two thirds of the Jewish people will die. A part of that one third will be the 144,000. The 144,000 will be a part of the one third of the group of Jewish people who will be alive at the return of Jesus. So, just in case you didn't get it, two thirds of the Jewish people will die during the tribulation. The Antichrist will go on a rampage of persecution of the Jewish people to put them all to death. But not only that, the Antichrist along with the false religious system will also be putting many Christians to death. And that's what we're going to see here at at verse number nine. All right. That's what we're going to see. But the idea concerning the Jews, once again, so I I want to get that part crystal clear, two thirds of them going to die. They're going to be, they're going to die. And the, and the, and the idea for the most part is they will not convert, but of those who will convert, we know that will be 144,000. We know that, and that one third who remain will be saved. And it is this group who will be alive at the return of Jesus. Okay, now with that part clear, and the idea how these 144,000 Jews will be functioning during the tribulation as evangelists to the rest of the world, that's how verse number nine kicks in. The great multitude that no one could count. Notice what it said. They were from every nation, tribe, peoples, and tongue. That's just nothing more than a way of saying the Gentile world, all the rest of the world. So these are the peoples who will be converted during the tribulation. Here's what I want you to see. So I wanna slow it down. So, you'll understand it really good. Remember, okay, at the rapture of the church, remember what we said that nobody is saved. At the rapture, you take all saved people out of the earth. Remember, the dead in Christ will rise, and we who are alive are caught up. All right? So, There are no saved people on the earth. So everybody is unsaved. All right. So that's the rapture gone. At some point in time, we don't know how much time passes. The Antichrist will enter into an agreement with the leaders of the Jewish people and sign a seven year peace treaty with the Jews. This will begin the final week of Daniel. We call that the 70th week of Daniel. Also, this is called the tribulation. That's what we're talking about now. That's all we've been talking about ever since we've gotten into Revelation chapter five. That's it. The tribulation. This period will last for seven years. Now it can be broken up again into two, three and a half periods. The first three and a half year period, we'll see the rise of the Antichrist and the beginnings of the judgment of God. In the latter part of three and a half years, the second part, that's when the Antichrist breaks the agreement with the Jewish people. And he begins to persecute the Jews and try to kill all of them. That's the fulfillment of Revelation chapter chapter 12. Okay, And when he tries to kill them, that is when the prophecy of Jesus comes to fruition. When Jesus says when you see the abomination of desolation spoken by Daniel, the prophet, and that's revelation 13 when the antichrist has an image of himself placed in the new temple that will be uh, uh, in the time of the tribulation that will be built and they'll be working during that time. Okay. And so the antichrist begins to persecute the Jews. They have to run for their lives, but even during this time, the ministry of the one hundred and forty-four thousand Jews is continuing in all the world. All right, so they are continuing to minister to all the world, and Gentiles are being saved. So now here's the, back to the point. So so you got the one hundred and forty-four thousand Jews. That's what we see in the first part of the chapter have gotten saved. So now that's one group of people that got saved, that got saved, all right? So how they get saved, the spirit of the Lord will do whatever He's gonna do and and probably bring to their remembrance all of the things that the Christians told them before the church was raptured, okay? And and they were taught many things. Jews are taught many things early on, uh, 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 even in their educational training today of the Old Testament scriptures. And so God is able to work with them to bring about salvation. But the point is, they get saved. So now they are saved during the tribulation. Now we have the Gentiles are being saved. So I said all of that simply to remind you guys of this. Although the church is raptured and nobody is saved, left on the earth is saved, after the rapture, sometimes afterward, people will begin to get saved. The first group of people to get saved, we'll see, will be the 144,000 Jews. And it is through their ministry that we'll see many Gentiles that are saved, okay? But one of the reasons why I took you guys through that whole scenario in the way that I did was this. If you can recall what I told you about being saved today before. See, we are now, as as of the making of this video, again, I remind you, the rapture of the church has not yet come. However, when the time of the tribulation does come, there will be an opportunity for people to get saved. In other words, if you miss the rapture, can you get saved? The answer is yes, you can get saved. But look at what this verse says and what this verse is going to teach. These are people who are involved and, and and I'll get to that as we move on. But these are the people who are in heaven and they are in heaven because they got saved during the tribulation, but they died during the tribulation. And it is a great number of people that we will see again. So let me go back to verse number nine, because I think I took that way too long. Verse number nine again, he said, what I looked and behold a great multitude that no one can count. That's important because as we're going to see later, these people all were murdered. We have to, they didn't just lay down and die. They were killed and murdered. Okay, since I'm here, I might as well make it all clear. Again, they will be killed by the false religious system. You'll see that in Revelation chapter seven, 17, I'm sorry, with the great harlot. That's the false religious system. Okay. And the peoples, the many peoples, will kill the true Christians. They will kill them. And that's why the Bible says she had a cup and John said he marveled at the cup that was filled, filled with the blood of the saints. That means Christians were being killed by the untold numbers. So bring that same idea, the persecution, Revelation 17 by the false religious system as well as well. Uh, and I might as well bring all of it in Revelation 13 the idea of the beast the mark of the beast the 666 which is nothing more than the number of his name we'll explain all of that once we get to Revelation 13 but remember what God said no one can buy or sell without receiving the mark of the beast and also in that very same chapter everyone who refuses to receive the mark of the beast, the false prophet will move to have that individual executed. So the whole issue is all Christians, if you can find them, if you can find a Christian, the false religious system will try to kill them and the system of the antichrist will try to kill them. So, being a Christian will almost guarantee you a loss of your life. Now, what does that all mean? Once again, if you are hearing this message now, this is again before the time of the rapture. Live for Jesus now so that you don't have to incur, you don't have to go through all of this because if you get saved. During the tribulation, nine times out of 10, you are going to be executed. You may even suffer being beheaded. That means literally cut your head off because you are a Christian. Now, if you doubt that, all you have to do is go to Revelation chapter 20. When John says again, he saw thrones get, this is the resurrection. Thrones given to people who came back to life, who were at one time beheaded because they were believers. They were beheaded during the tribulation. Can you imagine? So you're not just simply being death is going to be rampant towards Christians. They will go on a mass execution for everybody who is a believer in Jesus. Now, Just in case you're thinking to yourself, well, I just won't get saved then. Well, then to hell you will go. And then after hell, you're going to go to the lake of fire and you will suffer untold agony for all eternity. That's why Jesus said this it's better to lose your life for his sake than to lose your soul in hell for eternity's sake. But nevertheless, And then again, just in case you're thinking the Bible will teach later on that an angel will fly to the heavens and saying, do not receive the mark of the beast. For if you receive the mark of the beast, you will taste of the wrath of God. Now, we're not even talking about all of that just yet. I'm not there yet, but we are getting geared up for it because the whole idea is now chronologically we've been dealing with the first three and a half years of the tribulation. And notice what was the severity of that first three and a half years. They were left hiding in caves and asking who can survive the tribulation. Who is able to stand? That's revelation seven answering that question. Who is able to stand? But the point that I'm trying to drive home is simple. You want to be saved now. For the simple reason, being saved during the tribulation puts you in this category. And what is that category? I'm too long, but that's all right. Still at verse number nine, the multitude that notice, notice again, how many people were in heaven at this time who had died during the great tribulation. It's amazing, guys. Think about it. It was a number that no man could number. That many people got killed, were murdered. And, 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 these are all, this is not sinners. These are not sinners. These are all saved people. That's why I say, so let me finish it. They were standing at the throne before the lamb in clothed and clothed in white robe with palm branches in their hands. The white robe is a symbol of salvation. The palm branches is a symbol of praise and worship. And here's the thing that God is trying to bring about here because of their death, that their, their special death during the tribulation, God has given them a special place before his throne. So God is honoring them for their, for their life, for, for, I want to say giving up their lives, but their lives being taken during the tribulation. He is honoring them by allowing them a special place before his throne and before Jesus Christ. And that's what we see, the praise that they give to God when they say in verse number 10, salvation to our God. And we see that that's joint praise, praise to God and praise to Jesus to the lamb. And when they entered this praise, these are the people who dot peoples will be actually the right name, who were killed during the tribulation, the Gentiles. Okay. All of the angels of God joined in the worship of God. And that's what we see in verse number 11, the angels and the elders and the four living creatures, they all joined together in the worship And they gave God a sevenfold. Did you catch that one again? Sevenfold blessing of worship. Notice what they said. Blessing, glory, wisdom, thanksgiving, honor, power, and might. So that is that, remember, seven always indicates completion, the fullness of praise and glory that can only be given to God alone. And this blessing is directed to God and the lamb. Okay. All right. So now with that idea, so what do we have? Okay. So there's a, there's two pictures thus far that we have. We have the 144,000 Jewish evangelism evangelists that God has chosen during the tribulation. He has sealed them. That means, he has saved them from their sins. They are now believers in Jesus and he has given them an evangelistic purpose. And that purpose is to minister to the Gentile world. We find in verses nine through 12, their ministry was exceptionally successful. Why? Because they got an untold number of Gentiles responded to the gospel. Remember Jesus said, and this gospel must be preached unto all the world. That's in Matthew chapter 24, and then the end will come. So now we know how the gospel, one of the ways, one of the, it's a beautiful thing. One of the ways how the gospel will be preached into all the world. These 144,000 Jewish men will do so. So that's the first picture. God seals them, he protects them, and he gives them a purpose. And then we see that the success of their ministry. A lot of Gentiles got saved. But the, the bad part about this is they were killed. Because why? These are now shown to be in heaven. They are in heaven. And so now we're going to get to the part in chapter 7. That identified, So we, we got an identification for all of these groups of people, but less particularly to identify who they are and where they come from. So you'll see everything that I was just saying to you about what happens if you get saved during the tribulation. Verse number 13. Let's move after the praise. So then one of the elders answered, saying to me, uh these who are clothed in the white robes, who are they? And where have they come from? I said to him, my Lord, you know. And he said to me, these are the ones who come out of the great tribulation and they have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb. For this reason, they are before the throne of God and they serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will spread his tabernacle over them. They will hunger no longer, nor thirst any anymore, nor will the sun beat down on them, nor any heat for the lamb in the center of the throne will be their shepherd and will guide them to the springs of the water of life. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. OK, so now we have the identification of these people let guys permit me to take my time to walk through this okay remember i've already identified them for you but let's look at the text itself so one of the elders remember the 24 elders that were centered around the throne asked john does he know who these particular group of group of people are remember he said it was a group of people john said The number was so massive that he could not even begin to number them. That's okay. That's point number one. So we take that part into our mind. Right. So who are they again? Listen, John said that's John, a revelation writer. He said, I don't know. In verse number 14, he said, but it's clearly that, you know. And so the elder answers the question. He says, These are the ones that came out of the great tribulation. So notice what he says. He lets us see the specific time period that these people were killed. They were all killed during the tribulation. Again, it takes my point. Okay, slowing it. During the tribulation, there will be an opportunity so that people get, if you do miss the rapture, yeah, you can get saved. But if you do get saved during the tribulation, there is almost like a nine times out of 10, you will be murdered or you will die an excruciating death for the faith, for believing in Jesus, okay? And so that's what, so he said, these are those of that huge number of people all of them died during the tribulation and that's what it means they washed their robe by the blood of the lamb that simply means they got saved and because they died they were killed they lost their lives in this way that's what you look at verse number 15 that's how you gotta understand it for this reason because they died in a horrible way and we're going to talk about that i'm going to break it all down because they died in a horrible way during this time period, God has given them a special blessing. He has allowed them to be before his throne. See what verse, for this reason, see it now? For this reason, because they died in this way during the tribulation time, they are before the throne of God and serve him in God's temple. So we see that saints who die, who, who are killed, and die in this manner during the period of the tribulation will have two things, a special place before the throne of God. And they will also be given a special service in the temple of God. That's in heaven. Notice what he also says. They serve him day and night in his temple. It's not talking about the temple on earth. They're dead. It's talking about the temple of God in heaven. So the tribulation saints, the saints who are killed in the in the tribulation will have a special priestly service in the temple of heaven during that time period. And that's what it mean. And God, he who sits on the throne will spread his tabernacle. And that brings the whole idea of ministry service as they serve God God serves and protects them all right now let's look at verses number 16 and 17 because now it highlights how these people died during the tribulation you see although and I'll slow it down it talks about the things that will never happen to these saints again. That's what's going on in verse number 16 and 17. The things that are never happened, the reason why it's talking about the things that will never happen is, it was because these were the things that took their lives during the tribulation. This is what they died of, you got it? This is what they died of. And so what God is simply saying in verses 16 and 17 is, The horrible things that they died of, they will never have to worry about these things ever again. So now let's just simply look at the verses, wrap it up and see what it was during the tribulation that they died of. Verse 16, they will hunger no longer that. okay? I wish I wish you would listen to what I'm saying. Look what God is saying here. He said. During the tribulation, the people of trying, all you want to do is live right. Okay, I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to take my time because I'm going to make you explain. I'm make you understand it. Remember again, Revelation 13. He causes all that is the Antichrist, both small and great. That simply means everybody in the world to receive the mark of the beast, the mark of his name, 666. And that's all it is. It's just a numerical mark that is representative of the beast himself. And it's all it simply indicates is that you are a part of the Antichrist system because you have accepted him as God. You have accepted the Antichrist as the Messiah, as God on earth. Quite naturally, all true believers, Christians, that's what we're talking about, during this time will not accept the Antichrist. But what does it say will happen? Still in Revelation 13, if you don't receive the mark of the beast, you cannot buy nor sell. That means Remember, his system is worldwide. His system is what? Worldwide. That means you cannot go to Kroger's. You cannot go to Walmart. You cannot buy food. You can't buy water. You can't buy anything because the moment you try to enter into any kind of transaction, buy or sell. The moment you try to buy something, the first thing that people look for is the mark. Do you have the mark? And already, guess what? Christians are already gonna know that the Antichrist is trying to kill them. They know that, so they're not gonna just simply come out of the closet. But here's the point I'm bringing it back to they will no longer hunger. So now you don't have the mark trying to believe in Jesus, and you won't accept the mark because you have chosen Jesus. That means you can't buy food. You will starve to death. You will. That, that's the whole point. Notice they will no longer hunger. They will no longer thirst anymore by not being a part of the system of the Antichrist. You, you starve to death you, And that is okay. While most of you listening to me don't have the foggiest idea, that is a miserable, slow, painful way to die. It is a slow and you don't starve to death in three days. You don't starve to death. Do you know that you can live over two weeks without food and water? But it is a miserable, draining, and slow death. All because these Christians were not able to buy food and water, they were no longer hunger, no longer thirst, they just simply perished. But let's continue on. Nor will the sun beat down on them, nor heat. That means, notice, the sun, nor the heat. Now we can't get particularly descriptive about that but what it does lets us know ill that in some way or another, these Christians died or idea most likely were put to death by extreme heat. This takes us back to the Nazi extreme. Remember how the Jews died in the Holocaust, how the Germans took many thousands of Jews and placed them in ovens and gassed many jews to death and so here we have a replay this same idea coming and not simply for jews because notice we're not talking about jews here we're talking about gentile the multitudes from all tribes and nations see it's not jews here it's not jews we're talking about we're talking about regular gentile people who are being executed most likely put into some sort of a gas or heated chamber. All right, all I'm saying is this, and so I'm bringing it to a close. Is it not a wise thing? Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on the Lord while he is near. And I'm using that in the sense that since the time of the rapture of the church, has not come. It's already been persecution for Christians already. We've already suffered that. And we're suffering it even now. But it's nothing like what will be in this particular time. Okay? But anyway, let me finish it. Let me finish it. Enough preaching, so let me finish it. For the lamb in the center of the throne will be their shepherd. And so now we have the fulfillment of Matthew 23 and 1. Yahweh Roe, the Lord is my shepherd. And now we will see that fulfillment and we see the closeness that Jesus will have for those group of people who died during the tribulation. The tenderness that he has towards them for they give for they gave up their lives in his name and Jesus will lead them to the springs of the water of life. This takes us back again to Jesus, woman at the well. Remember, Jesus told that woman that if you were simply to believe in him, you would have springs of water of life. And so now we have that everlasting life that Jesus promises to give to those who believe in him. And then it says once again, and God will wipe away every tear from their eye. Now, why do you think it made the statement, God will wipe away the tears from their eyes? It again, emphasizes at the time of their deaths, And the reason for their death and the things that were going on in their death was sufferings. That's all it says. Sufferings. 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 They paid for their salvation with their lives. Okay. All right. That's enough of chapter seven. So what did we just see? We answered the question as we have the interlude before we get into the seventh seal. There was a pause and that's all that chapter seven is. It is a pause that answers the question, who is able to stand? That is, who can re- who can survive the tribulation? We find out only those whom God has chosen, the 144,000 are guaranteed to survive. Others will survive, but vast majority of Christians, that's the rest of the text, will be killed and become martyrs and then we see As we continue at the end of chapter number seven, it promises that God will never let that happen to his people ever again. All right, guys. Join me next time as we get ready to go into chapter eight and we open up the seventh seal and then we begin the excruciating judgments that God will begin to unleash on the world as we start the second half of the great tribulation. All right, guys catch you next time have you subscribed yet what are you waiting for subscribe now